Hi everyone, welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. My name is Michael Persad. Today we are covering a topic that is a very exciting topic because it's a game changer. It's a topic that you don't hear about in church conferences or seminars, but it's something that every church needs to pay attention to. So today we're talking about photography and using photography in your church marketing so that you're able to connect with people and engage with people by telling stories. That's really what a photograph does. It tells a story. You've heard it before that a photo is worth a thousand words and that is so very true. Whenever you're able to put a photo out there, it communicates on a whole uh, higher level than than any sort of text uh, can communicate. So photos are a, a super important part of a, a strong and effective brand for your church. So if you're gonna be genuine as your church and show who you really are, and present that to the world, which is uh, going to be the most effective way to, to, to reach people, then you need to have photography and you need to have a plan to capture great photography in, in your church. So this podcast is really dedicated to this topic and why it's important to have great photography and then also the how-to. How can you put a culture in place in your church that captures photography and then um, what are some methods that can help you store those photos and get them when you need them? And then also what are some ways that you can get people to help you take those photos, whether they're professionals or volunteers? What, how does that look like for your church? We have our guest on today. His name is Ryan Wakefield. Uh, Ryan is with Church Marketing University, and he is uh, just uh, a wealth of knowledge on a lot of different things. But on photography, Ryan has a background as a creative director at a very large church, and he has been using photography for many years to help this church grow and engage with people in their community. So he shares some very practical topics on um how, how photography can look in your church, but then he also breaks it down into like some, some methods on here's what you can do to put a system in place that helps you get those great photos and also get volunteers to do it. So that way you have a good resource that is ongoing to get those photos. So we're going to get into this discussion. It's actually a Facebook live session as well as a podcast. So towards the end of this episode, you're going to hear us take questions from a live audience that was that was watching on Facebook. So that's kind of a neat, uh, it turned out really great because they brought some questions to our attention that were unique to their situations and may help you quite a, quite a bit. Church Marketing University is open right now until September 2nd of 2016. This program is amazing. It's a course that covers all the different marketing tactics that churches have available to them today. And it talks about why you should use them and so you can determine if, if that's a good fit for your church. And then it gives you the how-tos, like how do you set up these different things uh, like Facebook or SEO on your website or branding in your church. It covers a lot of these topics. How do you create a great experience for your guests in your church? How do you use surveys to learn what people are saying and then make adjustments? So there's downloads that are included as well to help you um, apply what you've learned. There's templates and different things that uh, provide information so you can execute the information that you're learning about. So Church Marketing University is just a wonderful way to connect dots and make be really good stewards of what you've been given so that uh, you can uh, reach people in your community that you are called to reach. So let's get right into our episode today with Ryan Wakefield. So I'm Michael Prasad. I'm with the Church Brand Guide podcast, and uh, I'm here with Ryan Wakefield. 
and Ryan is a marketing guru. Uh, so we, we, um, we've been working together on some things for in the past, and he's here today to talk about the topic of photography in the church. So Ryan, why don't you just uh, take a moment to introduce yourself and kind of your, a little bit of your background. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Michael. It's awesome to be back on the podcast. I love your podcast, doing amazing things. And uh, my background, really um, kind of coming up in the church world, grew up in the church world, went to Evangel University thinking I was going to be a youth pastor. Uh, started interning in the youth department at James River Church, Ozark, Missouri, just a little struggling church in the Midwest here. Just, just <laughs> kidding. But um, anyway, ended up, long story short, becoming the creative director for the church. Yeah. Uh, as specific to photography, what was my, one of my greatest pleasures at uh, James River at the time was developing a volunteer photography ministry inside of James River Church. And it was awesome. Some of the greatest people in the world, some of the best relationships, connections, came out of that um, crazy idea that, hey, could we get a group of people together that love photography, and this is their passion, and they can do this in the context of the local church, as just like somebody would volunteer maybe to be a Sunday school teacher or a you know kids worker. Yeah. I mean, these people were passionate about photography, sharing stories and we got that group together and it was neat to see yeah. what what we did over a number of years so that's a little bit of my background now I'm involved uh, here in a church plant in Kansas City yeah. we're three years into this journey and uh, moved up from Springfield to be a part of it amazing team up here at Summit Park Church and we've just been able to see what God has done as we've kind of implemented all the things we've talked about in Church Marketing University. Obviously, God builds the church. You know, we focus on Jesus. We're Bible-centered. But we use every tool available that we can to reach people. That's We're just passionate about reaching people who are far from God. And we will use any tool possible. Photography is a big deal yeah. for us, for our brand. We've seen, um, I, I think... I would say hundreds of people already this year, this calendar year, give their life to Jesus here at Summit Park Church. Yeah. So that God is just seems to be going before us. People are finding Jesus, and so it's it's neat to be a part of. So on the on the outside looking at Summit Park Church, I can see some of the um, just uh, observing things like on Facebook. There's a great amount of traffic that's coming, um, you know, to to view the videos or see the photos or maybe take a look at some of the things you guys are doing. Um, there's all these different techniques and tactics yeah. that you're using on uh, social media with your website. So I get to, s I'm not here on Sundays to kind of see the, the experience. Mm -hmm. All I can see just observing from the outside is what you're doing to get the word out there. Yeah. And it looks cool. And, and we work with other churches in the area and they, they're noticing. It's like, wow, somebody, can we do what they're doing? <laughs> yeah, and that honestly, it looks like it looks pretty easy. But there's a ton of hard work that goes into making that look like that. When you put up a video and you get 90 shares, you know, from people in yeah. your church, like, oh, great, they just have a lot of people that share. That's been cultivated over years. There's a lot of strategy and tactics that go in behind that. When I mean, we just had our sisterhood night, the very first one that we've ever done, and they did a great job capturing photography throughout the night. They did a, a photo booth, and that that type of content goes great on social media. Yeah. When you start tagging people in those photos and people are uh, talking back and forth with their friends about how much fun it was, what God's done in their life. Um, and if you can understand social media and how that all plays and how to do it the right way, it can be a powerful tool to invite people along on an adventure at your church. So we've seen God use it um, in, in incredible ways. Yeah. So. 
And we get to see it um, again uh, play out. So if you want to check out Summit Park Church and actually go to uh, maybe their Facebook page, yeah. the website, one of the big things you're going to notice right off the bat is photography. Yeah. A lot of photography, it looks good, it's well done, it's well put together, and then you're using it to display uh, a culture. And it's not necessarily shooting a, a photo of somebody smiling at the camera. That's part of it. But more of it is, hey, this is this is the feeling that, that um, you'll get when, when you're here. Yeah. This is the culture of who we are. And uh, there's something there's something to be said to, to how, how to take photography properly to be able to convey the right messages. Sure, sure. and we, we, I often think, and I don't know if I've ever put it this way until this week when I was thinking about this topic, that photography can be the first part of your hospitality system. Like, we don't think of that, but yeah. like, when if you are really passionate about inviting people to church, welcoming people to church, yeah. making sure people feel at home at your church, that can start with photography. So uh, like if you were to go on our homepage or social media, you'll see a lot of pictures of our greeters shaking hands, opening doors, smiling, holding umbrellas, um, people of all walks of life, just loving life, mm. interacting together. Yeah. And what we're saying, you know, they'll, the phrase, picture's worth a thousand words, yeah. what we're saying is, you're welcome here. Yeah. yeah. Like, we want you to come here. And people are looking for it when they go to search for a church, they are looking for a church that they feel like they can they can be a part of, they can connect, and they'll feel welcomed. And I'm telling you, photography can be a, a crucial part of that first step in hospitality for your church. So you're saying you're actually showing photos of people welcoming other people. Absolutely. So you're communicating through the photography that you're welcome here. Absolutely. And let me jump on a little bit of a soapbox here because, um, and I'm guilty of this, so I, I'm the first one to raise my hand, because a lot of churches, either one, they don't have any photos at all, two, they have stock photography, or three, they just show shots of their facility, which some of our favorite in the circles I run with is a wide shot of worship with everybody's hands yeah, in the air sure. in a dark room. Yeah. And that looks cool to us. The church people are like, oh yeah, that looks so cool. But you gotta step back and process this through somebody who is far from God, who's never been to a church maybe in their entire life. Like what type of imagery could you utilize to make them feel welcome? Is it going to be a dark room yeah. with a whole bunch of people's hands in the air that they don't understand what what is what is that? Good point. Or is it somebody yeah. just putting out their hand saying, "Hey, welcome." Yeah. Like people talk, you know. So I I think it's really important to think through not just great imagery because great photography is great, but intentional photography is better. Yeah. So if you're going to show your facilities, if your church is blessed with facilities, you know we started out in a a gym in a community center so we didn't have amazing facilities in fact our first photo shoot we did all our photos at a park in a different city with a different group of people that weren't even a part of our church <laughs> but it was amazing how we were able to use that yeah. to start building uh, our core group of people for the the church plant but be intentional if you're going to show your facilities put people uh, in front of your facilities show the life and then let people can kind of get the context of the facilities in the background. Mm -hmm. Don't just show pictures of your building. Yeah. Uh, the church isn't about a, a building. Mm -hmm. It's about it's about people. So be intentional, I guess is what I'm kind of wrapping that point. Be yeah. very intentional about your photography. Yeah, yeah I, I guess another way to put it uh, is that it tells a story. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's huge. I mean, story is huge, and you can tell a story with photography. Yeah. And we, we do it all the time. Uh, I might also add this. This is, this is going to get me in trouble, so we may <laughs> edit this out. But you think about uh, the beer commercials that you see. Yeah. 
okay, what are they, what are they selling? Um, everybody kind of get a little bit nervous here. <laughs> They're selling life, friendship, experience, fun times. Mm -hmm. um, but what often does their product deliver? Uh, oftentimes, now this could get me, you know, it's heartbreak, it's addiction, it's, so there's a disjoint between what they're selling on the front end, their video, their photography, their commercials, and what they're delivering in a lot of cases. Yeah. Now think about the church world. Mm -hmm. The church world has the greatest uh, message in the planet. We have life. We have a place you can connect in relationship. We have everything that uh, our society, our culture needs, people, humanity needs, but what do we sell on the front end? Mm. Not Like we're terrible yeah. at the front end. And, you know, the world is great at telling the story and then not delivering the, the product. Whereas the church world, we have what people need, but we're terrible at telling the story. Yeah. So we've got to get better. That's why I'm passionate about the church. When it comes to video and photography, we've got to get better at telling stories on the front end. Yeah. So soapbox ended. Yeah, no, <laughs> real good. I'm glad you went there. That's good. We're, I'm not going to edit that. That's okay. good. That's good. <laughs> um, so basically photography, um, it takes your marketing to this whole new level. It takes yeah. it up a notch. Can you talk about how, how that, um, I guess, affects the church when you, when you are intentional about photography? Yeah. What does that do for your marketing? Well, let me start by telling a story. So let, if I told you that we've used fishing analogies a lot. Yeah. So if you're yeah. a fisherman, you know, welcome. You know, that's our other podcast we have, Fishing in America. But, um, <laughs> so if I told you in the last tournament, a, a fishing tournament, eight out of the ten top fishermen that caught the most fish were using a specific bait. The people who didn't catch yeah. any fish only three of ten of those fishermen were using that same bait. Mm. Would you say, if you were going to go fish in that same lake, would you say, I'd be interested in what bait eight out of the ten top fishermen are using? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But then if I told you, now if I told you about the bait, you're going to laugh at me. Because you're a professional fisherman, you know this bait is ridiculous. But I'm still going to tell you, I know they're all using it, and it's eight out of ten people who are finishing. And Jumping over to our analogy, in our data, 80% yeah. of the rapidly growing churches say we capture and share great photography consistently. Mm. And churches that are declining, 36% said the same thing. Yeah. So there's a correlation here, a massive correlation. So let me just say in the beginning, if you want to be reaching people, there should be uh, lights going off that says, hey, maybe we should pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. In the church world, we love to read books on creative outreach ideas. We love to go to conferences. And all those things are great, but we never talk about church photography at those things. Yeah. And so sometimes right. I feel like I'm handing people a bait yeah. that they're going to laugh at. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, but I'm not going to fish with that. Yeah. And I'm not talking about changing the gospel. We don't, we don't change the gospel. I'm talking about tools, mm -hmm. you know, a, a tool that a fisherman would use. And so I think it's time for the church world to start paying attention. Like yeah. the data is saying uh, churches that are, are growing are focusing here. And this is a, an important part because they're, they're telling stories. And again, when they use photography and they capture that story, everything about their marketing tools gets that much better. Yeah. Their website is better. Their social media is better. Their flyers, bulletins, invite cards, whatever they're using, because now you can tell the story of what God yeah. is doing through all those channels of communication. So it's absolutely crucial. Here's, 
Here's what I see though in the church world. I talk to pastors all the time. There's a pastor's lunch and I talk about marketing. I will tell them these things. Yeah. They will look at the bait. They will think, <laughs> interesting, but I'm gonna go back to fishing with what I've always fished with. Yeah. And I don't know why, I don't know how we can get people to start changing their mindset. Uh, that's what we're trying to do and, and stuff like this and, yeah. and the data and, and say, hey, just tr just throw this bait in the water and see if you don't catch something. Yeah. You know, so uh, that that's my that's kind of my parable of the, of the fisherman, but for that's what good. it's worth. That's so. good. As a designer, so my background's in graphic design. Um, I can't tell you how great it is when I get to use some uh, really nice photos yeah. uh, in my designs. So you know, you're designing a brochure, or maybe a postcard, or maybe a slide for a, a, a for an event that's happening. If you've got a great photo that just kind of captures the essence of the event, uh, mm -hmm. whatever you're trying to promote, um, it makes my job so much easier. Mm -hmm. and my designs look amazing. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's so great as a designer to have these photos to work with. And um, some churches, you know, we'll we'll work with small churches and large churches, all different types. But I'll ask maybe for some photography, um, and and then they'll they'll basically send me what they had on their iPhone or you know some snapshots, and and then. Um, I have to like crop out, you know, this guy looks a little funny and kind of maybe throw a duotone on, on the yeah. photo to make it just a little bit better. It's not sharp as it should be. Um, but great photography is just, uh, it's just a wonderful thing to work with on, on my end as a, as a designer, coming, yeah. as, coming in as a designer. And everything really does get better if you've Absolutely. got great photography, telling yeah. a great story. And I would just add to that, part of the brand of Summer Park Church has been re very heavily reliant on photography. And what's unique about this is that when you go to sit down and to design something, it's really hard to design something that crots a, cuts across a ton of different demographics, yeah. a different target audiences, yeah. but photography has a way of appealing to a wide variety. Right. So I think, especially if you're, if you're like me, where if you can go minimal on design, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that. It's not over-designed. Yeah. Photography can help you reach a much broader audience, have much more broader appeal, uh, and be much more compelling as opposed to if you relied completely on a design to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, I mean, you're a good enough designer, you probably can come up with something amazing that could do that. But for most churches out there, that's not gonna be a strength and they can't necessarily always come and hire, you know, Prasad Creative yeah. to do that. But if photography can be the great equalizer, I like to call it is it can be your secret weapon yeah. for your church because it can take your design level to a whole whole new new level and your marketing. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer. You know, one one other thing as a coming from, as a designer, um, uh, just on perspective with photography, when whenever churches use uh, stock photography. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times we get that request, hey, can you just get some photos and we can just throw in some people in, into the, uh, whatever, the, the brochure design. Well, then I have to go find people that are, you know, of all different ethnicities, um, old people, young people, uh, men, women, and you feel this pressure to, like, find all these different demographics. But whenever there's just photography of the church, yeah. it takes away all of that. It's just yeah. a very genuine, here, here's who we are, who we are. and we don't have to like, we, the, the work is way less, basically, to be genuine yeah. than if you're trying to put some together that seems genuine. And stock photography has its place, but uh, we specifically, like said, in our questionnaire assessment, like, we don't want you to include this in your assessment. So I think it's got its place, but real photography of your people is so much more powerful. Right. And I, I think 
it's a, it's a total game changer. Let me also say why this is really important. One of the points of why photography can help a church connect with people is because it gives people a window inside the church. And so if you're showing your real people in your church settings, people yeah. love that in your community. I was talking with a, a guy this week who's looking for a church, and he said, you know, the first thing I'm doing is I'm going and I want to see what the, what the experience is going to be like, yeah. what, the, what it's going to look and feel like, because you're setting people at ease. And you're saying, hey, this is what kind of the church looks like. This is what you can expect. Yeah. And if people can see in, yeah. you've got a much greater chance to win their attendance. If you, it's almost like having a building with no windows when you have no photography. <laughs> and people are like creeped out, like, what's going on in there? Like, I don't know if I really want to go inside because they're hiding something. Yeah. So photography is like putting windows on your digital location. Yeah. It, and it's a, it's a huge for, for that reason. So yeah, stock photography, maybe a, a decent step one. You need to quickly get to real photography for, for a number of, of reasons. So let's get into how do we get to real photography. Do you, okay. do you have some tips on should, should we hire somebody? Should we uh, get some volunteers? Yes, ultimately um, get some volunteers. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's ultimately. Sometimes uh, you might have to start off with maybe in putting some investment in hiring a, a photographer to come in and shoot your church. That is a great way to start because a lot of times it gets you a great foundation. A lot of times what we did at, at James River, anytime we would hire a vendor or a professional to come in and help us in any area, we always team them with volunteers, interns, staff to learn from them. Cool. So that money kind of went into further into professional development. Yeah. So you can, if you're starting a volunteer team, you bring in this amazing volunteer, connect the two, uh, they can learn, they can follow, they can shadow, and now you're going to have some photos that set the stage for what you want your, your brand and your photography to look and feel like. So, um, and we get into a ton of that inside of Church Marketing University. We literally walk through the steps. Uh, I took the set up that uh, volunteer deal, and that's like an hour-long video. We share our, the manual with it. So we can't get into maybe all the steps, right. but I think it can be a one-two punch uh, for a lot of churches. Now, I know that that's going to take sometimes a financial investment if you don't have a great photographer that you can maybe get uh, for free to start off. But I think it, it would be well worth the time and the money spent to, to, do, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, having a, you said you mentioned a manual, having mm -hmm. some sort of a guide uh, that, that tells people what type of photography. Yeah. To, that you want to capture. We talked about it earlier, you know, you don't necessarily want people cheesing at the camera. Sure. You want to really catch the essence of what's going on. What's the feel of this environment right now? Yeah. You know, are the kids having fun? Is that the, is that the main thing that we need to tell right now? Or are you in that kid's room and it's story time and they're learning? So you, you have to be trained up as a photographer to kind of see that mm -hmm. and then capture that in, and you can have smiling faces, if it says fun and, and friendship, yep. then it makes perfect sense to get smiling faces, people looking at the camera and smiling at the camera. Yeah, and we have an episode that's 20 tips on if you are looking to hire a, a freelance photographer, what to do. One of the things I would say is the first thing, if you are going to hire a, a photographer, you want to find somebody who's naturally good at getting a, uh, an emotion out of their photography and a reaction out of their photography. Mm -hmm. So look yeah. in your city or in your community who is the photographer in your area that when they post an album on Facebook, maybe they shoot a wedding, maybe they shoot an engagement session, and when they post that album, like it goes crazy. Yeah. They get tons of engagement, people emotionally connect, they naturally, that photographer knows how to tell a story, how to get engagement. 
that is the type of person you want to go out and hire. They, you yeah. can already tell by their portfolio, by their work, by their proof on social media, that their work gets connection, their work gets engagement, and that's what you're looking for. So they're naturally gonna know those things. Yeah. Like when they come in, um, they're gonna know, I wanna capture a candid moment of somebody smiling, yeah. talking, as opposed to trying to fake that. Because that just is gonna ooze out of them. So that's one of the 20 tips we'll talk about, but I think it might be one of the most important for those people listening, is like, don't just go to somebody who's very technically gifted as a photographer. Yeah. Um, Go to somebody who has proven to get emotional in connection and reaction as a photographer. That's who you want, even if they're not as technically gifted as some people out there who know lighting and all that yeah. stuff. Get, go with the person all day long that can get the, get the reaction and connect emotionally. Yeah, yeah, Lightroom's amazing and Photoshop's amazing. You can kind of correct some lighting. Yeah. But if you got the, the good photo and it's captured there, yep. then uh, yeah, I, I totally agree, especially on a design perspective. I mean, if you got some great emotion happening, uh, again, just, you know, I'm just thinking I could throw some duotones on there. I could put a blending mode on there, you know, all these yeah, different things, that, fix that. these little tricks that are, um, but if the emotion's there, then that's golden. That's, that's yep. what I want to see Absolutely. as a designer. So, uh, we've talked about this, um, in the past, but in your surveys and, and everything that you've kind of learned, uh, the churches that are, that are the growing churches that are advancing and, and doing some great things are churches that are reaching the millennial generation. Yeah. So how can photography help us connect with the millennials? Oh, that's really easy. They love photos. <laughs> so this generation is the most visual generation in the history of the world. Think of the apps that they love. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, they're all visual in nature. They grew up with tablets and phones and, and you know all sorts of visual content. And that's just where they communicate. That's how they connect. That's how they relate. And so photography is huge in connecting with that next generation. And connecting with that next generation is huge if you're going to be a growing church. So we, in the data like you mentioned, we found that, again, in those rapidly growing churches, they said that 87% of their lead pastors prioritize connecting with the millennial generation. 87%. Again, dropping down mm. to the, the churches that were in decline, they said only 37% said the same thing. Mm. So again, there's a wide gap of what churches that are rapidly growing in seeing people come to know Jesus and life change. There's a, a big difference of what they're prioritizing and focusing on and connecting with that millennial generation is one of the biggest findings that we had of mm -hmm. over 2,000 church assessments. Now, one of the key ways that you can do with that is through your photography. Yeah. And so we talk about uh, it's a huge connection point. And then if you can also show young people um, in, involved in your greeting, involved in your worship teams, involved in your speaking teams, it's going to take you actually having those you know, young people involved. <laughs> but you want them involved, right. step one, then you want to show that. Yeah. The other thing is that this generation did not grow up in a church, mm -hmm. for the most part. It's, again, one of the first times maybe in American history where they are just not growing up going to church, at, you know, week in, week out. I don't know all the exact stats on that. So when, you, when they go to check out a church, they have no context of what maybe that's going to look and feel like. So there can be a lot of fear in that. It would almost be like I've heard the analogy used of uh, us going to check out a mosque. Like, I don't know what, I would be, I'd be pretty nervous. Yeah. So photography 
if they see other millennials involved, engaged, at the door, welcoming them, a, a part of volunteering, yeah. um, you're already starting to connect with them and, and bridge this gap that it, that is now there in our society. So it's really huge for a number of different reasons. Very good. Uh, maybe we just take a moment right now, and um, we are on Facebook Live yep. recording, yep. and um, uh, maybe we have a few questions, I don't know, but if, you, if you've got a question out there and you want to send it to us, we'll just address those questions live. So on the podcast, this will be kind of neat because we haven't done a live response thing. We'll just keep it on the podcast, yep. but if there are any questions that you want to throw our way, then feel free to do that. Um, uh, I do have a good one here real quick for yeah. us. This is, a fun, this is a fun little question just on what you were just touching base on. So how necessary are skinny jeans? Oh, how necessary are skinny jeans? <laughs> we're reaching millennials here. Oh, uh, man. Stephen Luna asked that question. I'll let, I'll let Ryan answer that one because he's got skinny jeans in his okay. closet, right? Okay, funny story. <laughs> I hardly ever buy clothes. Yeah. This is a new shirt I got at TJ Maxx this yeah. week. I finally had the breakdown. And so I went to TJ Maxx, and if you, have you guys ever been to this joint, right? It's like you don't know what you're getting till you get it into the fitting room. Yeah. I've personally, confession, never worn skinny jeans because okay. I'm not cool. I'm not on the worship team. I don't never wear a scarf outside of maybe a, a soccer game context. So I go into the fitting room with my jeans. I'm about to find out what, okay, what am I actually getting into? And it's my first pair of skinny jeans. I'm like, that was on for about five seconds and then gone. So did not quite make it. Old man. I, old, hashtag old man. And so um, my encouragement is, do you want to be real and authentic? Yeah. If your team wears skinny jeans, that's what you want to show. Yeah. If your team doesn't wear skinny jeans, don't have them go put on skinny jeans <laughs> for the photo shoot, okay? Um, you know, some churches, that's their DNA, that's their brand, yeah. that's great but that doesn't have to be the case. Right. So show who you really are. And um, so yeah, thank you for the skinny jean question. That's awesome. Any other questions, shoot them our way. Uh, Jonathan Hardy with his brand new haircut looks fa fabulous. Hey, so another, another question is um, this whole concept of showing what you want and who you are, yeah. it almost can feel fake. Uh -huh. Or uh, how, do, how do churches and pastors wrestle with uh, doing that, knowing that it's important, but it, you know, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think you can, f you can fake it. You don't want to ever fake it. But if that goes back to step two is capture the photography. Step one is actually put some of these in place. So if you want to be connecting with the next generation, and that's going to be important, um, you want to start involving them in leadership, in your worship team, on your stage ministry, um, you know, even people speaking. Um, I, I always heard Pastor John Lindell at James River say a speaker will kind of reach... 10 years either way of yeah. their own age, yeah. uh, which I always thought was interesting. So they've been intentional over the years, you know, different age groups, even on, on their on their preaching team, the hospitality team. So you got to start with step one is creating who you want to be. So if, if multi-generational, the next generation is who you want to be, pray that, you know, that you can get there, involve mm -hmm. them in your leadership, involve them in your volunteer then capture that as, as who you truly are, right. share that, and you'll find that it will c continue to connect. Um, and if God's put that in your heart and that's truly who you are, I think he will give you uh, the ability to, to do that. So, yeah. yeah another another great question here from Sarah. Should department leaders in the church be responsible for posting their own photos, and how should churches organize getting great photos from departments? That's a great question. Yeah, that's a good one. Very practical. You want me to take it or you want to jump in there? Uh, you can jump in there. I'll add, I'll add to it. Okay. So great question. That's where a tool like 
uh, Church Marketing University could help you because you could send anybody who's interested in this arena through some of this coaching. So I am a very big on sharing the love, if you will, in terms of people posting on social media, if they've been trained properly and if they understand who your brand is, uh, if, they if you guys have a brand and a style guide, if everybody's on the same page, I'd say the more the merrier, that's great. But it, what's, I think the rub is in churches and organizations is if you give people um, access and leadership ability, but they don't understand what you're trying to accomplish, you're going down a dangerous road because now you're fighting yeah. against the brand and that's going to create um, a, a decline in momentum. It's not going to create the momentum you want. So I think you want to identify the people in your church and your organization that want to be a part and either say, okay, does this person have the gifting in order to be a part of this? If yes, let's get them trained up and let's all get on the same page of what we're trying to do. Now, practically speaking at James River, well, our volunteer uh, photography team we kind of rotated. So we would send, we knew like, let's say we had a shot list of all the min different ministries yeah. and where we needed more photography. And so we would come together yeah. and say, okay, so-and-so you're gonna go do shoot some kids ministries. And here's the different shot list that we're needing. And then so our photography team really handled a lot of that. Now, yeah. there were some cases where a, uh, like the student ministry maybe had a unique photographer come in we would try it as best we can get them their brand the style guide connect with them get the photos yeah. after they were done work with them but that's a that's a fabulous question but hopefully that's touched on some of the things that that i'd recommend on that how does that work in terms of keeping your brand and making sure that you don't have other people doing stuff that's not in line with yeah you know, why don't you take that, that one yeah, um, so I'll speak to that on an ideal situation. So um, sometimes we'll go into a church organization as a, just a consulting, you know, agency, I guess, or just a guy that's consulting with them. So we'll, we'll actually gather in everybody that's in charge of communications in the different departments, and then we'll go over the brand guide, and we'll just go over, like, here's what we want to do, here's the photography, here's the type of photography we want to capture. We're, again, everything we just mentioned, we want to show emotions, uh, that, all those different things. And then with what Ryan's saying, too, if you do have a photography team, um, we found it helpful that we have a Dropbox set up mm. where they can store photos and then label that, hey, this is Kids Ministry, August 2016, whatever you know the label yep. might be. And then there's a library that we can pull from. So there should be, in, in, in an ideal situation, there should be somebody in, let's say, the kids' ministry that is, they post, you know, they, they have permission to, yep. to post because they've been through the training, and then they have access to that Dropbox account to then find the right pictures yep. and post that appropriately. So as far as controlling a brand, that's an ideal situation type of setup. If you can get to that point, I think it works really well. Yeah, and on that note, uh, maybe this is another logistical follow-up to that. Here's kind of what it looked like for us in our photography team. We had one week, let's say they go out and shoot the kids ministry. Well, the next week, we don't want that same photographer out shooting. We want them going through their photos and editing mm, and, and going through all the naming conventions. We wanted to narrow it down to the top, like 5% of their photos that we took. You will get yourself in trouble if you have a yeah. volunteer team. They all go shoot and they all bring you back their SD card oh, yeah. and say, hey, good luck. Like, no, 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 no. So week one, maybe shooting. Week two, maybe editing, yeah. cleaning up, selecting. Yeah. So now they've just got, if they shot a thousand photos, they're going to give you their best 10 photos 
of the kids ministry, which is a huge blessing. Yes. Now week three might be archiving and delivery, whether they're printing out for hallway galleries, yeah. they're putting on social media, they're updating the website, the kids area. So a photographer, don't, don't maybe just think of it as shooting all the time, because that will equal a headache. Yeah. Think of it, shooting, editing, uh, selection, archive, delivery, and your life will, will be amazing. Your church yes. will, will be amazing. So throw yeah. that out there. That editing is a really, just want to hit on that real quick too. Just um, your photography should be edited a certain way to where they all have the same type of look and mm -hmm. feel to them. So if there's a maybe a, a, a bluish tint to everything, they should be very consistent across the board. So having that um, brand guide and that uh, those specifics in place is going to help you quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Man, questions just yeah, coming in. Yeah, they're coming in. Sarah had another great question. Yeah. How soon should photos be posted um, after events or from events? Okay, so in general, whenever you can, your, your biggest events, you want to be posting your photos live, if at all possible. The faster um, you can get them up, the better. Let me, I use an example. We do a case study inside of CMU where we talk about Easter this year. So we had a Saturday night service, and then we had three services on Sunday. Well, Saturday night, we were shooting photos literally live and kind of putting those up. And um, so we, they were kind of already getting traction with the hope that it would be building our Sunday crowd, people oh, yeah. seeing it on Saturday night, yeah. building our Sunday crowd. Then what we did is we had the um, people on Saturday night on Facebook all break out their phones and check in to Summit Park Church. Oh, cool. Now when they check in, they're gonna see a lot of times that photo stream happening. Oh. So now you've just created this kind of marketing tool where you have all these people checking in, yeah. you've got this great stream of content, and now you're able to really get into a whole bunch of different people's networks on social media. It was a great, um, so you probably can't do that all the time, but the faster, the better in general, because people just move so quick. So if yeah. you had an event Friday night and your pictures aren't up till the next Monday, you know, you're, you're, yeah. in, you're in trouble. So the faster, the better. You can do some, a lot of creative things um, with that. In fact, uh, on that Easter, going back to that case study, it snowed on Easter morning here in Kansas <laughs> That's City. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we still had a, a ton of people come out. I'm not saying that it all was attributed to the, this technique, but I think it helped build that people didn't want to miss mm -hmm. um, the, the Sunday and so that we were already building this this momentum. Now, let me jump back because, you're, Sarah, you're, you're following follow-up question might be, well, you just talked about this process where maybe they don't deliver until a month later in your volunteers. That's in a case where you're, you're just updating the photography of your ministry. So you're going to update that's what's on your website, you know, what's uh, in your hallways of your church, that type of stuff. So maybe the medium also depends on how fast you need. If the medium is website, you know, a month later is fine. If the medium is social media, minutes yeah. later is, is better. Yeah. So. No, that's good. Another question that we get um, is how do you get permission yeah. uh, to post photos? Yeah. You have a good answer? <laughs> that's a great question. You had to go there. Uh, disclaimer, none of the, the, the advice that I will give you is legal advice. You know, <laughs> consult your own lawyer. Okay, now, um, we have disclaimer, uh, again, in CMU, the, this is one of our downloads. We have a disclaimer deal that we put up at Kids Check-In, we put up around the building. It essentially, up top, it says smile. We're taking photos and video today. Uh, you know, essentially your presence here gives us permission to use this in Summit Park Church 
promotional materials. Very similar to what you would see if you look very carefully on the back of your ticket, if you go to an NFL game, if you go oh, okay. to a Major League Baseball game, right. they're going to say by entering the game, you're giving your consent for Major League Baseball to use your likeness in our promotional materials. Right. So we've kind of adopted that philosophy. If if a parent sees that and says, uh-oh, I, I have foster kids, you know, Oftentimes, it's a very easy conversation. Hey, here's little Johnny. Johnny's a foster care situation. Please don't shoot his photo. And we're like, that's cool. Uh, we, we won't do that. What's funny is more times than not, yeah. there, the reverse happens. Yeah. Like, oh, you're shooting photos. Can I get pictures of Bobby? You know, you, that's a, you guys always have great photos. Yeah. So they actually love it. Yeah. You know, actually love it. So we will do that disclaimer uh, in cases where you, maybe you're shooting a lot of photos of a specific people then we will get photo releases cuz okay. if you're going to shoot if you're going to shoot 50 photos of one family it's probably good to have that so they don't come back and say hey you know whatever so yeah. you can cover your bases there um, there's a lot of other you know little things that you can do well oftentimes we'll shoot the leadership kids <laughs> cuz we know oh, hey yeah, they don't sure. <laughs> they don't care they they love that little Bryson's on everything you know yeah. so maybe we'll put them in the front and maybe you can kind of, the other kids are kind of blurred out mm -hmm. so there's some other little tips and tricks we recommend if you're bringing in an outside photographer make sure their background screened get them a lanyard these are steps in the 20 20 deals have somebody host them everywhere they go gotcha. so when they walk into a room there's a familiar face with the photographer yeah. so Kids don't start crying or teachers are like, who are you and why do you have a camera yeah, in my face? That's good. So there's a lot of practical things you can do if you do them the right way that'll, I think, set everybody at, at ease. But yeah. in my decades of doing this, we've never had okay. so an issue. No major issues. Because yeah. I just got that question, I think it was last week. Like we took some photography, put them in Dropbox, church is ready to go. And they're like, hey, do we have permission for this stuff? So that, that's, uh, I think a lot of churches um, kind of hesitate yeah. with some of that. So that's great. Do your volunteer photography, uh, like if you're shooting on a week-to-week -week basis, do they need lanyards? Do you yeah, recommend? absolutely. They yeah. need lanyards. They also need training on your culture, your church. Okay. So throw this example out there. At James River, we did um, altar calls every week. Well, you don't want your volunteer photographers clicking around during the altar call. So you need to train them where they need to be, how they need to act. Yeah. You don't want your, when, when the pastor's speaking, you don't want your photographer up in the catwalk making a whole bunch of noise. Yeah. You know, so there's a, yeah, there's a lot of training that needs to happen. They need to be a background screen. They need to have lanyards. They need to know where to go, where not to go, and how to approach different situations. But that goes, all goes back to the, the training. Yep. Another question. question. How often to post on social media? And should departments have their own social media accounts? Um, I'm a big fan of start off with one account and mm -hmm. get that rocking and then when it makes sense, yeah. divide when it makes sense. If you're trying to reach a, maybe a totally different target market. But if you can't get the main account rocking, you're going to only divide up your momentum by getting all these other accounts, in my opinion. So right. I love um, the, the main account. Any, any yeah, we, we kind of deal with this with churches that have multi-campus. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we'll be building a website and they're like, hey, should we have three different sites for our three campuses? Um, so same approach. Start with one, one uh, social media account. I'd, I'd recommend the same thing. And then as the culture begins to kind of reveal itself, then you could decide if it's, if it's better to, um, to have a different social media account for the ph photography. We actually, um, there's a church we work with that has a um, campus that's in a very, um, like a city urban campus, and then like a rural campus, like yeah. out, out in the country. And so 
after a while, we, we, we could see very clearly that there's two different cultures happening. And the city people would go to different events, and then the, the mm. people in the country would go to the tractor show. I, they really would. And so there's Legit. a completely different culture happening. Even though the, the service experience is designed to be the same both places, it's uh, attracting different types of people. Yeah. So then we, yeah, split it up, and it makes perfect sense to do it that way. Love it. Um, to answer your question, like how many, uh, I'm going to make up a principle here. It's called the Star Wars principle. Like how many uh, movies, Star Wars movies, do you really want to see? You know? And as long as people love the Star Wars movies, keep keep making them. Yeah. But if they don't love, they don't go, they don't engage, like yeah. don't make another one. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking, okay, I'm, how many photos do I want to post? I would say maybe start with an album of 10 of your best photos. But if you find that people loved it and just engaged was in some cases, like went deep into 100 photos, I'm not going to argue with that if it worked. Yeah. If it's not working and people aren't engaging, then Less is more in most cases, but in cases where you're still getting engagement, post as long as you have engagement. So, talk a little bit about what well, some of the stuff we've done where we uh, post the photos and then we're telling everyone to go tag people. Yeah. And some of the strategy behind that. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole strategy, and we don't have time probably to get into it. That's another <laughs> podcast on social media. How do you get it? where people actually engage on social media because it's not as easy as just posting the album. There's a lot of stuff that you need to do in order to make that a success. So you need to um, do it natively on the platform that you're trying to get engagement with. You need to, as soon as that goes live, you need to create an instant reaction. So what Jonathan was referring to is like our team and core volunteers immediately get in there, start liking, commenting, uh, tagging friends. Don't tag random people that aren't in the photo. You tag the people who are in the photo, okay? So, and that uh, notifies them, hey, right. your photo's up. So there's a whole strategy uh, of, and there's more we can go into. I mean, again, we talk about yeah. this hours inside of Church Marketing University, but it's just not as easy. I think churches get frustrated, like, yeah. how do you get 100 chairs and we get one? You know, it's yeah. like, there's a strategy that goes in there. I don't know if you'd add anything to that. No, I think that's good. I, I think just in general, too, just kind of, talking about Church questions. Marketing University I mean, and how it just helps you to connect the dots. Yeah. So that's one of the things that um, I've seen quite a bit since, since you launched it. Um, as I've learned more about it and I've been working with this church that's, that's using it, um, it really connects the dots in a lot of different areas. So there, there's, uh, in my world, you know, we might be asked to design a logo and then build a website and then take some photography and then create a video. But then um, what begins to happen when, you, when you're educated is that you make all those things begin to work together. And then uh, you're moving towards the, the one major goal that you have for the church. Calls, like and it's, it becomes space, very attractive what? It's weird. to a lot of people. But they can tell what type <laughs> so of So I think that's like the power of what's yeah, going on with wow. It's, it's yeah. really so weird. So they are tracking what you're using. Uh, connect so the dots in all these different areas the words that concerning that you marketing. And then really um, you're able to make media. some great so momentum here's my biggest tip. the church. Again, honestly, a church could do the exact same thing like a anniversary <coughs> celebration, they don't know the strategy, birthday celebration, church, those things A, will have one on result and church B That's what they're totally looking for. So, so you can be doing you can make it, go look right. at your uh, news but feed that and look at 20% how is gonna posts make that are going viral huge difference. Yes. Or posts that your friends are doing it's hard to know organizations are doing that are getting a lot of traction. Look at how they're wording things. And then find one that's similar where we're trying to bridge that gap. But don't use words like like, comment, or share. What you're going to do is use words like help us spread the word. You're going to get the most reach 
out of it. That's another way to say share it. But you're saying help us spread the word. Again, the Facebook algorithm likes certain words, dislikes other words. The church won't do anything with You can help yourself by using words that sound celebratory and that are not necessarily the official. Or Facebook thinks you're trying to game the system. So it just kind of dies. One quick story on that. I saw a church just the other day that was they posted a video about an event. I think again just. The Being call to action, so to speak, in the video the, uh, was to the knowledge, to share you know, this, like, hey, what to do with make sure it, you tell everybody about this. But then First they put all, it on Facebook. And then yeah. what to do so with basically, it, um, it didn't seem right because the, be the public is seeing this video, but the message in the video is to share this to all your friends. So I just, I guess we'll wrap it up. But it's being put out. I think that's been a really good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. That's a little bit awkward. So what you want to do? That's a good idea. That's a great example of the 80 20 percent. They did 80 percent the right way. They just did it in the wrong way. The last 20 percent. So what? What you want to do is take your um, video that's so geared towards the public. With you? Then you, what you do when um, that goes live, you send yeah, an email to your core group. Go share it because Facebook, gotcha. you're cross pollinating. Then what you do is you go to the group, yeah. so they can go through the private group that's your core yeah. people, and, uh, and you say so this, go the, share the, the, the it. But you don't say share it in the actual post itself. So they did a lot of it right. They just didn't do the final part. So again, in our Summit Park example. We have a new invite that. video. Um, so that went live on our public page. page. So really as soon cool as it went live, all our team is ready to engage with it. Also, I go and I post inside our Summit Park Church group, hey, can we get your help? This is a great way to invite friends. You know, let's go share it type deal. And so when you're cross-pollinating things, it can be a huge help. But great, great example. Good question. Hey, I just want to, one other thing to mention is that uh, inside Church Marketing University, there is a Q&A section, yep. so you can actually pitch a question like that. Yep. So you're learning all this stuff, and you're like, hey, how do, how do I apply this yep. for my situation? And there's a place where you can do that. I yeah. thought that was really cool that you included that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's a couple CMU students that I'm answering questions with right now. We yeah. make whole episodes. So like one student wants to know what is our um, welcome party look like for new people. So I'm going to walk through what we do, what that looks like. Another student, they're getting ready to uh, launch a brand new um, a building. They're moving from a, a temporary space to a permanent space. So they're saying, hey, how can we maximize this window of opportunity? So I'm going to build them out a communications matrix yeah. and show all, every every student what that wow. looks like yeah. and use that as a case example. So we have wow. uh, that question and answer module that's its own module. And then inside of all these other modules, there's place where people can put comments. Yeah. Um, so, so you're a virtual coach. You're like helping people. I try as, as much as we as <laughs> How much do you as do it, can. Ryan? How do you do it? As much <laughs> as we can. Well, the, the problem was we couldn't do it. Because right. uh, as you know, uh, in consulting, you can only work with right. so many churches. So we found like this is stuff churches need. Like we were helping church planners and like it was going great, but we could only help a couple at a time, right. especially, you know, um, with all the other stuff we're doing and being a part of a church plant, being part of another uh, nonprofit. So that's where like we could do this video wise. Yeah. That way they can go through all the stuff we're doing. If one church has a question, let's use it as a case study. And that way, hundreds of and hundreds of churches could join us in this journey. So, so everybody can have access to that yeah. matrix you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yep. So, and they can see. And so, if they're you know launching a new campus or launching something new or they're transitioning, they can go through and and look at. It. And one thing we did, another church uh, this fall was launching a new service time. So their question is, what do we need to be paying attention to when we launch a new service time? 
So did about a 30 minute video on if you launch a new service time, here's what you need to consider. So, and now again, that's archived and every church can have access to that. So really good. A lot of fun. All right, guys, thank you for uh, checking us out. Thank you guys for joining in. If you have any questions below, uh, I know Michael is a genius. Uh, His team over at Church Brand Guide are also passionate about helping churches. So we're gonna be hanging around answering comments. So maybe you're watching the replay. Put a comment below, we'll do our best to answer that. If you found this helpful, I would encourage you to spread the word because a lot of pastors don't understand church photography. So I like how you said spread the word. Spread the word. (laughs) So that would be great. So we'll see you on the next Facebook Live when my voice is back. So thanks, Ryan, for coming on the podcast and uh, for introducing us to, you know, photography techniques and church marketing university. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. All right. Thanks again. Thanks. My hope today is that this topic has helped you in some way. So whether you've been doing photography in your church or not, you, uh, you should have some information to help you do this better so you can reach more people. That's the ultimate goal. How can we reach people, especially those that do not know the gospel? And that's what photography helps us to do. So uh, hopefully there's something you can apply right away this week. Even today, write down something that you can apply that will help you improve on this, uh, this whole idea of using photography to reach more people. So just a reminder that Church Marketing University is open through Friday, September 2nd of 2016. So if you want to get in, make sure you do that. We have an affiliate link on our website, churchbrandguide.com, that links you directly to Church Marketing University so that you can go and check them out, see what they're all about, see what courses they have to offer, and uh, see if it's a good fit for your church. So click on that link on our affiliate uh, link on that on our website and uh, it'll get you right there so you can check that out. There's a book I want to tell you about today before we uh, close our podcast and I think it goes really well with our topic of photography and we talked about it in the podcast how photography is really about being genuine uh, about who you are and presenting that to the community so you're, you, what they experience is really what they, sh- they expected to experience when they get to your property. And uh, there was one person that was really, really good at this in recent memory, and his name is Steve Jobs. So there's a book that's called The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. It's by Carmen Gallo, and it's a great book, I think, for any church communicator, uh, whether you're on stage communicating or just uh, doing marketing uh, behind the scenes. So it, it, the book unpacks the tactics that Steve Jobs used to create amazing presentations. So if you remember, way back in the early 2000s, there was a tagline he, he used to describe the, the iPod. And basically when the iPod was just introduced, the, in a marketing sense, the, there was a, a struggle to, to present it to people because it was such a new idea, a new concept. So the tagline that Steve Jobs ended up using is a thousand songs in your pocket. And the imagery that that produced was uh, very sticky and people could relate to it. And it, it caused people to really check this out and it became a huge success. And then later on when um, Apple introduced the iPhone, Steve Jobs again did a masterful job of unpacking what this device is, how it would work and how it would change your life. 
and it caused uh, so many people just to get excited and buy the product and get engaged with what Apple was doing. So Steve Jobs was a master at this, and I wanted to just present this book as a resource that you can use as a church to help you communicate on a higher level. And uh, in, in combination with photography, like we talked about today, uh, you can really reach people by being strategic about uh, how you do that and how you present yourself to your community. That wraps up our show for today. So I want to encourage you to connect with us on our blog at churchbrandguide.com. We've got a lot of free resources, including there's a story uh, guide that will help you just tell better stories within your church. It's a free download that you can get. I want to encourage you to, to get that if you don't have it already. You can connect with us on Facebook and leave comments. We love to hear your questions and respond to you. Uh, it's not unusual for us to reach out to you on an email or um, to, to just reply to you with any questions that you might have. So reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate those reviews. So thanks again for joining us on the Church Brand Guide podcast, and I'll see you next time.